Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Tuesday. I don't know the exact dollar amount, but earlier in the month, earlier in September, there were some projections. You know, we're getting ready for it and everything. People saying this might be one of the most pricey elections yet. Something to the tune of a, a, a possible $610 million. Like unbelievable amounts of money in my mind anyway. If that seems like that's not a lot of money, holy cow, I want to be your friend because I want some birthday and Christmas presents. You know what I mean? But uh, yesterday, apparently, apparently costing approximately six hundred and ten million dollars overall, the entire you know election uh, wave, all of the uh, mail in ballots that had to be figured out and all that stuff, the facilitating of it all quite expensive to do. Not a lot. Nothing's really going to change here in Canada. I mean, some places have, some ridings have shifted a little bit. The numbers of the seats have wiggled. I would say that's the best and most accurate, scientifically accurate term for what politically just happened. We wiggled our numbers here in Canada, and it cost us $610 million. I did the math. If every Canadian was to just get paid out a piece of that money, it's not much, but we'd each be 16-ish dollars richer. And hey, I would take that over what we went through. And I would absolutely buy myself a lunch. Lunchable shortage. Reading about this over the last month, there's been some headlines about Lunchables being missing from shelves like toilet paper was a year and a half ago. Lunchables. Heavens forfend. Some think that it's the start of another strange school year that's part of the a factor, you know, part of the reason. Some attribute it to the, uh, the popularity of charcuterie boards, which is just another fancy way of saying gourmet lunchable really i mean let's be honest but i think that there's another factor here and i think that it actually plays into why charcuterie boards are so popular these days actually i think this other factor is and i can't pinpoint it for sure but i think that this pandemic period is making people long for the good old days and uh, you know the comfort of youthful memories even more than usual it's always present but more so it's exaggerated it's, it's magnified i have had the biggest cravings for the things i had at lunch when i was in school lunchables pizza pockets grilled cheeses pudding snacks granola bars my whole midday diet has reverted to when i was 13 at least my looks didn't as well you're listening to the steve reed podcast, podcast. from 100.5 cruise fm an ontario couple with plans to elope and catch an alan doyle concert ended up being the only two fans to see him perform Hurricane Larry is the culprit here. It put the brakes on a St. John's show. When Doyle had heard about the uh, traveling newlyweds, he had already had plans to try and make something special happen for him after the concert was completely canceled. He showed up at their bed and breakfast to serenade them face to face for a couple of songs. Extremely exclusive style. Very sweet. Uh, meanwhile, witness the unlikely fusion of denim brand Levi's and rocker bass player Flea introducing Fleavies, which Looks just like it says Flevis when you see it on paper. But it's not all that unlikely, as it turns out, because when you dig deeper, the designer behind the campy new line for Levi's is Flea's wife, Melody Asani. Unfortunately, all of the clothing does look like Flea's soul was violently extracted and trapped within the denim. It is, in a word, nightmarish. But I'm sure it's good for somebody. And the sad news as we end off with Sarah Dash, singer and founding member of the R&B group LaBelle. She has died. Dash was 76 years old, and while no cause of death was given, it was sudden. Her last performance was just this past weekend. It's a week with brand new restrictions in place. As starting yesterday, obviously, uh, the, uh, the the real restrictions on retail and, and, and fitness and so many different industries, so many 
Too numerous to name, of course, but don't think that you are forgotten or, or unthought of. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a grind. It's a struggle. And we are all together going through it. I don't think there's very many people at all who would want things this way, you know what I mean? But I do have to say, you know, there's a very, very, very vocal subsection, social media vocal subsection of people who, uh, you know, uh, have been have been getting loud. And, and what I've been seeing from that camp is, you know, a, a change. How quickly those poor small businesses, they need to make money from last year turns into this year's how dare those small businesses try to make money it's it's understandable for business to elect to even if it's a counter to their personal thoughts feelings beliefs to still choose to enroll in this restriction exemption program why because the majority of the population around here has gotten vaccinated so they're trying to be able to stay open. Sometimes that choice is a hard one, but people are making it. So take that extra moment, take that extra second to get your filter on and try not to crap on the people that are just trying to make some money around here. Wednesday. What the heck is an aerohaptic hologram? Learning new words all the time, I guess. It totally reminds me of something out of Star Trek, and that's not you know, too far off because even the creators of these uh, aerohaptic holograms this uh, University of Glasgow scientist team who's created a basketball project, a projection of a basketball you can actually feel and roll and bounce, apparently. Uh, they do say it's like first steps towards a, ho- a holodeck system. Wild to me. This seems very, very crazy. Video games have gotten insane. Can you imagine if they get even more insane, putting you right inside the video game? It's all just air jets as well, which I guess is really not, like, super new technology. I'm sure that it's been sophisticated, but it kind of reminds me of the same technology that they use in, like, you ever been to the 4D theater at a Disney resort? You know, you go in there and you can can see it, you can hear it. They often have smells allowing you to, you know, get, like, an odor sensation. And then they also have those air jets and mist. Giving you like that four dimensions of of sensation. So I mean, it's you know, it's not completely unheard of, and very convincing stuff. I remember one of those videos watching where they said there was going to be a bunch of rats crawling around my feet. Yeah, still get chills to this day about how realistic that felt in a dark theater. Creepy dolls found in houses with threatening notes attached to them. What in the Conjuring franchise is going on around here? Uh, this is a UK story. About a, uh, um, a gentleman who was uh, trying to do some renovations in a newly bought home. Uh, you know, I guess the kitchen had been redone, and behind one of the walls was a doll. A creepy, raggedy, Anne-ish looking doll, and a note that said, Hey, thank you for finding me. My name is Emily. The original owners liked, uh, who lived in this house in 1961. They didn't live for very long because I decided to stab them. And so I hope that you've got knives. Sleep tight. Hope you sleep well. Bye. Uh, creepy, right? I mean, that would be so so creepy. It's obviously a prank. Uh, and in fact, the homeowner inquired just a little bit. They're like, yeah, 1961? I don't know about that. They found out through whatever uh, channel that the house actually had had some work done in that area, in the kitchen, like four or five years ago. So obviously that's approximately when this sucker was hidden. But still, still, how fast would you nope the heck out of a place where you open up the wall and you find a doll, creepy doll, just waiting there, staring at you. Waiting for you to fall asleep. Hey, Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. Very interesting news. Big news, I think, to start things off. 25th anniversary of the Fugees and their album, The Score, going to be coming up. And to celebrate, 
straight up, the Fugees are going to be reuniting. That's insane to me. The uh, absolutely incredible group of um, Lauren Hill, Wyclef Jean, Praz Michel, Michel, oh my goodness, um, first show in 15 years, 12-city international tour that actually is kicking off today with a uh, small pop-up show at a undisclosed, a secret location in New York City. Way to get people's attention. Radiohead is working on a Kid A artwork exhibition. It's called How to Completely Disappear, and it's going to open next month with Radiohead's uh, you know, frontman, Tom York, at the head of uh, figuring out what exactly should go into this collection. And, of course, this is all surrounding uh, a lot, a lot of different releases, including the reissues of the albums Kid A as well as Amnesiac and a Kid A and Amnesiac uh, combined virtual video game experience with Sony that's going to be coming out in the near future. Michael Stipe is well in news because of a comment, a confirmation about R.E.M. and the band never, never reuniting. Of course, they did decide to split up and decide to uh, no longer make music together about 10 years ago. Now, Michael Stipe said that we decided when we split up that it would just be really tacky and probably money-grabbing to just have a reunion after the fact, as so often we see with music stars, sports stars, celebrities of all kinds. I'm done with it. I'm tired. I'm stepping out. Pay attention to me, and then pay attention to me when I come back again in about two years. Elvira in the news again, or rather the woman who is behind the Elvira persona, Cassandra Peterson. A new memoir just came out just yesterday called Yours Cruelly. Uh-huh. It's ever, ever the pun artist. Uh, but within it, uh, people are really zeroing in on uh, Revelation. Then she says that she's actually been in a romantic relationship with a woman for 19 years now. And uh, this is following a divorce of her uh, husband and, uh, you know, then manager and, and partner in, in business. Uh, and uh, it just is something that developed surprisingly for her. But obviously, it's nothing new as we're now talking about it 19 years after the fact. Why such a secret, though? Well, she goes on to say that, well, it's because that she developed her brand. I mean, the Elvira brand is largely uh, about, you know, uh, uh, you know, for straight uh, consumption, I guess. You know, not exclusively by a long shot, but uh, she felt that maybe there would be some fans who would feel alienated, I guess, or feel like there was some falseness that was going on, whether in the past or whether in the present. I find it fascinating, though, because, I mean, my thought is, first of all, if they're going to drop off as a fan because you've got love and affection in your heart and in your life, no matter who it's with, I, then they weren't great fans to begin with. So who cares? Yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, I know they might bring some money in, but nah, you don't need them. You don't need them. You're comfortable. Uh, but my second th- thought is that I think that the idea of, uh, you know, born this way is becoming a bit outdated. I think we're learning more about sexual orientation and how it is absolutely influenced by our genetics, but not exclusively, and that it's also not a static thing in our lives. You know, born this way kind of implies that, well, that's something that you just can't control. It's not a choice. It's just like a skin color, perhaps, you know, is, a, is an analogy you could make. Whereas it's something that cannot be controlled. And there's definitely some truth to that, but people do change. They shift. You're not the same person hour by hour, let alone day by day, let alone year by year. So I think that uh, this might be a fascinating kind of case study in that because she says she had never had any romantic feelings like that before until suddenly she did. And it just is that way for some people in life. Fascinating. Yours cruelly, definitely going to be going on my reading list this month. Thursday. Series of videos even is getting some attention because it's uh, apparently claiming to lift the veil of the grossness of what actually goes on in the hotel room. That uh, basically listing the items you shouldn't use because of how they might have been used 
previously, you know what I mean? And it starts off with the coffee machine. This is not something that would have triggered for me, would have clicked in. I'm thinking that's something that gets hot, right? Gets the water near boiling. It's got to help out. Video maker uh, say never, never use the coffee machine. Some people like to use it as a urinal. Okay, um, I don't appreciate that at all. And in addition to that, the glasses that they put in the, the bathroom, the really nice ones, don't use those because they're probably just cleaned with like Windex instead of actually washed. Those sinks are tiny, right? Don't expect that to actually be a place where dishes are being done, and they're not hauling dishes up and down that elevator very often. I mean, if they are, you're in a nice place. That's the fact of the matter. What else should you avoid, though? Apparently the sheets... Just don't even use the sheets. Rip them right off. Bring your own blanket. Bring your own bed if you can. <laughs> or the uh, the ice bucket and plastic liner is essential because for more people than not, it's a puke bucket. So I'm not really not really loving that. And with all this making me feel grossed out about staying in another hotel, you know what? I don't even care. I just want to travel and visit other places again. And I'm going to get me a hotel room now and then. And I'm going to stretch out and put my feet up on every surface. I don't even care how gross it is. I'm going to gross it up a little bit myself. Something I would never have thought of and would have never have thought anybody else would have thought of is that sometimes I guess people do like to use the coffee makers in your hotel rooms as urinals. Um, okay, maybe they just had a little bit too much to drink. Maybe they had too many, too many pops, you know what I mean? Uh, but this is... Uh this is not something I've ever encountered, at least not that I know of. Now, I have encountered some awkwardness in hotel rooms, and I'm wondering what is the most uncomfortable thing that you've ever encountered. For me, one time at a resort down uh, outside of the country in Central America, won't you know, specify exactly where, it doesn't matter. The point being is that I was in this hotel room and uh, just kind of checking things out. They've got those information pamphlets, little laminated triangular uh, piece of paper with all of the details about things you might need to know, you know, helpful information, where to get foods, where to find out details about excursions, where to find the concierges of the uh, of the resort. And I looked closer at it and I thought, wow, this is kind of beat up. That's a little bit weird. It's got like little marks on it, little impact points. And I kind of lifted it up a little bit more. And uh, some very, very fine white powder started falling from these indentations. And I thought to myself, oh, oh no. Oh no. Because clearly somebody was crushing up what had to have been table salt. That's what I'm going to go with. Table salt. And they were just uh, crushing it up to season some delicious french fries in their hotel room or something along those lines. <laughs> and I was pretty worried about the return journey home. A little bit worried about the uh, the, the federal officers in the airport that would have uh, had some dogs that were very interested in that hotel room salt. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been more uncomfortable in a foreign country than at that exact moment of discovery. Not so fun. And no, it did not get cleaned up before we got there. Probably didn't get cleaned up after the fact either. Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. A longtime guitar in the roster of Johnny Ramone is about to be up for auction after spending 20 years in his hands and 25 more in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A correction, it is up for auction. The uh, Moss Wright Ventures 2 from 1965 is listed by RR Auctions, which estimates the instrument was instrumental in nearly 2,000 performances. Bidding has reached a quarter of a million dollars and will close on Saturday. Smash Mouth is about ready to smash something over being snubbed in Rolling Stone magazine's updated top 500 songs of all time. In a tweet, they aggressively questioned the absence of All Star from the list and went on to directly contact the Rolling Stone staff about it. 
Has no one ever told them that the world was going to roll them? Well, they ain't the brightest, sharpest tools in the shed. There we go. Almost, almost nailed it. And finally, Snoop Dogg, uh, rapper Snoop Dogg, he has barked out at the Emmys. The reason why? Not a single person of color was awarded any of the categories. 49 non-white actors were nominated in the ceremony. Not a single one won. Snoop wants to know why. Cup noodle sodas. That's a thing. That's a real thing. A whole line of them, apparently. I mean, you've got uh, regular flavor. You've got seafood flavor, curry, chili, tomato, all of which in bottles carbonated deliciously, question mark. I don't know if I could even handle this. I mean, I guess you could test it. If, if you've got a soda stream at home or anything like it, adding that carbonation to whatever liquid you want is possible. You could have uh, bubbly broth. You could have carbonated soups for sure, including ramen noodles. But I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know if like I, just I'm just picturing like the smell of salt, soy sauce, and especially, especially the seafood flavor, just even the smell of fake shrimp flavoring is enough to put me over the edge. I would not be able to handle bubbles is the thing that puts me over the actual soup itself and the noodles. Well, that's a great snack. I, I could go for some right now. You, you making some throw in an extra packet Friday. Love the Mario Brothers games, the many different iterations there are, and there's a now a new movie that's going to be coming out, and they just announced the cast for it, an animated one from Illumination Studios, uh, but let us never forget, let us never forget the original Mario Brothers movie. It's actually a fascinating case of, of a movie adaptation of a beloved story that just went completely haywire. I mean, interesting vision, more of like an adult gritty cyberpunky vision in the first place, but it literally, the production literally got bought by a different company in the midst of what they were filming with a couple of directors who had no idea, no idea what they were doing. Everything all got replaced except for basically the cast and a lot of stuff that had already been shot and they had to just make it work which is why it feels so strange. There's no other time that could have produced a movie like that. And I remember seeing it at the Fort Theater, the now no longer there Fort Theater when I was a kid. The tagline, this ain't no game. Well, it certainly wasn't even Mario Brothers. It was barely recognizable. The Mushroom Kingdom is just covered in weird moldy fungus. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a different animal. And it has also given us such horrible lines as this classic. Name, Mario. Last name? Mario. Okay, what's your name? Luigi. Luigi, Luigi? No, Luigi Mario. Okay, look, how many Marios are there between the two of you? There's three. There's, there's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Mike, Mike! Up these Marios around the side. <laughs> Just, what is even going on? And credit due to John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins. Just trying their best with that sucker. The new one... It's going to be a lot better. Newly announced releases. One from Getty Lee of Rush fame. He is actually set to release his memoirs. So a book, um, an account that he wrote as a means of coping with the death of Neil Peart, drummer of the band. And, and not just his band mate. After he began writing the memoirs, his 68 mother died last year in July as well. Or sorry, earlier this year, rather. Uh, it's going to be another year before the as-of-yet-untitled book will be released by HarperCollins. 
Bruce Springsteen is going to release a 1979 concert film titled No Nukes much sooner than that. Uh, with the E Street Band in fine form, the piece includes performances from the entirety of the Madison Square Garden Muse Benefit Concerts, uh, including 10 never-before-released performances. The many different versions of the collection will be out between November 16th and the 23rd. Uh, either, you know, purchasing the film, renting it digitally, or getting just the album uh, with collections of the DVDs or Blu-rays. There's so many different versions. At least one of them will be a good bet. Good bet for you. You're listening to the Steve Reed Podcast, Podcast. from 100.5 Cruise FM. Something you probably weren't wondering at all, but I've got the answer for you. How are astronauts going to build buildings in space when it's going to cost so much money just to send a single brick of concrete, a single bag of concrete to get up to anywhere? I mean, the moon is pretty expensive. Mars? Way more so. So how are they going to figure that out? Well, they might just have done so by thinking up the concept of blood concrete. It's okay, We got to unpack that a little bit. It's not like they're just mixing blood and dirt and putting houses together. But it's not exactly that far off. It's just there's more scientific process from it. Taking a protein from human blood as well as a, another uh, mixture component from human urine uh, and then mixing that with the uh, dust of the ground on Mars or on the moon. They've, they've, they've tested simulations of it. They were able to not only make something as strong as concrete, make something 300 times more so. Uh, don't ask me exactly how it works. There are a lot of different scientific equations on the article that I'm reading. But I can tell you this. It is the most metal idea for building construction that I have ever heard of. Ever. I mean, you picture the science fiction of the future from the past, and it's all metal, right? Where are we getting that from? Well, maybe we'll be mining it from asteroids in the distant future, but before then, we're going to be just having mud huts. Mud huts made from blood resin. And I think that sounds pretty, pretty cool. Although, we're going to look like the weird aliens from Mars to any other aliens that happen to stop by. Just saying. Get ready for it. I think we can live with it, though. Big announcement, a very weird video from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, a news release about all kinds of fake news, but then kind of smack dab in the middle of it, you watch strangely wondering what the heck is going on for about a minute and ten seconds, and then John Frusciante comes out and says... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a tour starting in June 2022. Uh, Clearly, the plan was to have this tour starting a little bit sooner. I don't know exactly what month he was gonna be talking about, but it gets a little bit Mister Black from The Simpsons there with it out in June of next year uh, look for it a global tour they're calling it though they have not released the specifics on the actual dates the the locations I hope that by world tour they do include more than just two dates the the token dates of Canada Vancouver and Toronto we need some more stops but hopefully they do do it and of course more news is going to be coming as we get closer by closer I mean that's like more like a year away don't hold your breath Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.